Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. What's happening, people? Welcome to this week's episode of It's All Black Academic with your host, myself, Jordan Jarrett Bryan. If you're not subscribed to our channel by now, please do so. Black Academic TV here on YouTube and we're across all of the socials as well. Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Go and follow us across all those platforms too. And go and check out our website, blackademic.com as well, where you've got all the content from previous seasons and a little bit of info about the team behind all of our shows as well. On this week's show, we'll have a discussion around black people and our relationship with Christianity and try and find out why more and more black people are leaving the religion and even the church itself as well. And to do so, I've got three fantastic guests with me here today. I've got, first of all, Jordan Huey here, who used to be a Christian, is no longer a Christian and actually feels that the, the religion is bad and dangerous for black people. We'll be getting to that a bit later on. I've got here Angela Jabangwe here, who is a Christian and a regular uh, visitor of her church and congregation. And I've got author here, Derek Owusu, who feels that his relationship with the religion he describes as complicated. Yeah. And I want to develop that a little bit as well. Um, but I want to start with you, Jordan. Um, tell me a little bit about Christianity and your relationship with it. And if you feel it's a, it's a religion that has kept up with the times and is still relevant today. Um, so first of all, with religion, I don't think times are an issue. It's like just because people change their mind about what they think is good, doesn't really affect whether like God has changed his mind on what is good. So I don't think times is, is, is so much an issue in terms of the religion. Um, I think the, the real problem is that they are not, one, they're not strong with their message, and two, I don't believe it's for everyone. So it's, so there, there's loads of levels of issues, so uh, where can I start? So for example, I don't think it's good for black people because it's a European religion. Now, it's taken from a religion that was based around black people because the people in the Bible are black. But then now you've got Jesus that comes along as a savior, which is a European Greek concept, which was introduced via the first um, European Pharaoh that took over Egypt. And now it's been brought into Christianity and sold that this is what you need. And then you look to a white savior to save you and then if you portray that saviour as black, it's weird, even though everyone say, oh, he wasn't white, but they're cool with this white picture of him. So this is the reason why I feel a lot of black people are leaving because there are issues with the truth that they say they have. And when, they, when black people go out into the world, they'll discover, oh, actually there are 
these other things that are, I guess, maybe more valid to them. Mm -hmm. um, Angela, I want you to kind of respond to, to Jordan, what he said there. But before you do that, just tell us a little bit about the differences between spirituality and religion. What, what are the differences between the two things? Um, I would say definitely religion is more about your relationship with Christ. Um, spirituality, I wouldn't say that I'm a spiritual person in that sense because I, d I don't know what their main ethos is. If you just say you're spiritual, to me that's very vague. Um, what's, what, what is it that you hold on to? What is it that you believe in? I feel like it's a very all-rounder, very inclusive concept. Um, whereas there are definite constructs that we go by when it comes to religion that I wouldn't say is the same with just being spiritual. And his interpretation that Jordan has kind of outlined there as he sees Christianity, that's clearly not something that you recognise. I've heard that before. It's definitely something I've heard people say before in regards to, for instance, you know, Jesus not being black, you know, Jesus having this white saviour um, before you. I've heard that, definitely. And to an extent, I agree with that. Yes, Jesus wasn't blonde hair and blue eyes. He wasn't. But to me, that's not the main focus. That doesn't matter so much. It depends where your priorities are and what it is you need to identify with. Some people really do need to see themselves in Christ. They need to see themselves in the person that they see as their redeemer. Mm -hmm. So for that, for them, they need to see the physical. For me, it's not so much about the physical. Otherwise, I would then say, okay, but Jesus isn't a female, so maybe he can't identify with things I go through as a female. I think you can keep dividing and dividing and dividing, but where do you stop? It depends on what you're looking for in terms of what you connect with. So it's not so important to me, the physicality of what Jesus looked like, whether he was black, white, European, all of that isn't why I'm a Christian. Okay. Um, Derek, talk to me about your journey with, with the religion and why you describe it as a complicated relationship. Well, because I, I grew up in the church, you know, I was going to church with my mum, but the pastor was speaking tree and I, so I had no idea what he was saying. I was just literally in the church and then my mum would, you know, talk to me about Christianity um, when, we, when we got home. And then when I got to uh, a particular, I think I was about 15, then I started trying to go to church where the pastor was speaking English so I could understand. So I started going to Potter's House Church, which was probably in my opinion, the worst place to start mm -hmm. when it comes to going to church, because what I found was that the pastor would kind of talk more about, I guess, kind of conspiracy theories and these different, like I, would go into, I wanted to get the word, I wanted to know what the Bible said. And he would, you know, take a scripture and build off of it and put it to, apply too much of the world to it. Um, so that kind of really put me off going to church so I left and then I went back I went to started going to a Ruach City Church which was, again was a terrible experience for me because I'm quite introverted and I'm quite shy and that's a very loud church you know and I remember one of the young pastors said to me if you don't make noise how's God going to hear you and I just thought this is absolutely ridiculous wow. um, so it's kind of like they said I can't pray in my head or I can't pray quietly because that's just not how it works I was like where's that where does it say that in the scripture um, so that's why so I left then. And I just kind of went through a lot of phases. I went through like a serious Pan-African phase where I was very much on, on, on your wave where I was like, you know, Jesus was not 
not a white man. And, you know, I know a lot of people say, you know, it doesn't matter what he looked like. But then it's like, OK, well, if it doesn't matter what he looked like, why did they change him? Mm-hmm. It does matter then, mm-hmm. obviously. Do you know what I mean? Um, so it's, it's very common. So I, you know, I don't know whether this is just the deep indoctrination of my where I always feel like there is something or it's just it's an innate thing for me. Because I, I do feel like it is innate to a lot of people to search for something, for meaning, for something that kind of, I guess, takes accountability off of them as well at the same time. I do feel like if you need Christianity to be a good person, then you're probably not a good person. You should be able to be a good person without Christianity telling you you should be, you should be that. Because take that away, what happens? You become a monster. Do you know what I mean? Um, so there's just so many questions, you know, and I always sit down and think about it. And just, I started wanting to know more about the symbols and what this means in real life instances rather than, you know, because I don't think the Bible, in my personal opinion, was written to be taken absolutely literally. I don't believe that. I don't think any religion, because religion is based on symbols, metaphors, stories. Um, so you do, do you feel that it's stuck in the past? Do I feel like, like Christianity is stuck yes. in the past? I think in terms of the literal interpretations, absolutely yes. But I think if we take a lot of it as, as symbolisms and what it means for today, we can in, interpret it in a modern way. Mm-hmm. Um, Jordan, as long as I've known you, you've been someone that, you know, up until the last couple of years, you, you've actually lived in the church. You lived for the church, pretty much. Um, okay. <laughs> it was a big, a massive part of your life. Yeah, I agree. A, are there other people that you know who have also left the church in that time? And B, what were the other reasons why you heard from those people as to why they left the church? Um, so, <clears throat> initially, they were like questions like, oh, have you seen this? And we studied it and like, oh, this isn't what we've been taught. It's different. So we'd ask questions. And then there's no answer. It was always, oh, accept it by faith. And I'm like, yeah, but it's kind of clear instructions. And why am I accepting something different by faith when the instruction is clear? So then start to discover more and more and more. It's just like, you guys have got no answers for any of these questions because you're not actually using scripture. Like I've, I realized, um, and I, I'm not gonna say it's, it's all Christians, but in the congregation I grew up in, grew up in or the, the church I grew up in, nobody understands the Old Testament at all. What they do is they've just stripped out all the culture and replaced it with European culture. And now they look at, Black culture, like it's evil and it's all voodoo. When if you look at the Old Testament, this, this, this is the stuff that they're doing. They do, that yeah. you would look at, like Moses is throwing blood on people's on the people to seal con- to seal covenants. If you look at that now from a European perspective, they'll see it as evil. So because of these things, like the the fact that it's like, oh, you're not actually following the scripture, and um, we're realizing, oh, actually our culture is in there. Um, from like when you look at African culture today and some of the practices that um, West Africans maintain, that they don't even realise that oh this is actual this from the scripture, but it's it's just part of their culture because that's just how it is. So now because we're um, like me and so a few others have realised these things, now we're like okay, let's look more into that, and that's the reason why they've had to leave the church because your culture is not important at all. It's seen as evil. Um, so yeah. And Angela, why do you feel that? Christianity for black people in particular is more needed now than ever. I mean, politically, we're seeing what's happening in this country um, with where the country's going in terms of leaning towards the far right at at best. Um, Do you feel that religion and Christianity in particular is something that we should be now clinging to as 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 a support mechanism for times that are tough now for black people? I mean, definitely for the sake of community. I feel like 
you can have an ideal church. In anything, there are potholes. In anything, there are people that are not learned in that field. And I think that's what I'm hearing a lot, where it's certain people, a person, a church has misrepresented what the faith is about. And therefore, that has left people with church hurt, that has left people with um, negative experiences, and so they've left the faith. But I think it's important to separate that. That's not what the faith represents. Mm. That was someone who misinterpreted it. And I see that a lot because a lot of people are lazy. A lot of people rely on the pastors to do the work for them. So whatever that pastor takes and regurgitates to them, a lot of people take that for themselves. So I think it's great that you said you and your friends sat there and started reading the scriptures because that's what people need to do for themselves. They need to know the scripture themselves, understand it themselves, go and read and not rely on someone else's experience of the word to govern their own Christianity. That's why I can stand on my own without a pastor, without a title, because it's not a generation faith I inherited. It's something that I chose and I looked out for for myself. But a lot of people are lazy. They don't do that. Um, so they don't know the knowledge. So when you come with Old Testament things, they can't answer you because they've never heard of it before. And people don't know how to say, or either say, I don't know, or say, do you know what, let me go and find out because there are books there, there's research, like it's not stopping anyone. But why would we, why, because you're saying in this, this, this time, you feel like we need Christianity more than ever because of community, but why not Islam, why not Buddhism? Why, why can't we just go to Buddhism and be a community there? There's no actual benefit to black people in Christianity as a specific religion, that, that those benefits exist in all the other religions. I mean, you could say that, a lot of people could say that. But, but so why Christianity over those? Because I, Christianity is very European and it strips out all your black culture and, and portrays it as evil. That's why you've got that guy that did um, The Truth About Hip Hop. He's preaching, saying, I don't want nothing to do with Africa. Africa's terrible, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, mm. what are you talking <laughs> about? You're black, you're descended from, mm. descended from Africa. But because he's been sold the lie that this stuff, these practices that they're, they're, they're doing are evil, now he's looking at, oh, I mean, this European thing that sold me this lie. I'm believing it and throwing away what is actually my heritage and what is actually mm -hmm. in the Bible. You see, but I haven't seen that at all. No Christians have, that's my point. They don't. Like, and, no, in terms of, I haven't seen people throwing away their culture because of biblical principles. I haven't seen that. Okay. I, feel, I, I do feel like the, if you accept Christianity and all of its doctrines, you are throwing away your culture and adopting another one because yeah. of the roots of Christianity and, 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 and the Bible. But then at the same time, the way I always see it, and I always say this to my friends, you know, who are kind of like, you know, I'm black, I'm a Christian, blah, blah. For, for me personally, the way I see religion and what it kind of, you know, what it teaches and the spiritual aspect, Christianity should come before your race. Because if you're speaking about something that's spiritual, race essentially doesn't exist. It's nothing compared to spirituality you're talking mm -hmm. about okay. everlasting life and mm -hmm. you, do you know what i mean you ascending and transcending christianity should transcend every single man-made concept so anybody who says that you know they 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 put their culture or their race above their religion it doesn't make any sense to me but sorry no, go, 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 go. so this is the problem so when you if you just look at the old testament and you take away religion and you look at the law that was given 
that law was not a religion. It was not an option. It's like if you come to England and they have laws, it's not like, hmm, I accept these English laws and that's what I'm following. No, that's just the law of the land. So it's not like that the law is their culture because that's just how the nation lived. So now that it's been separated and pulled into just a religion, it's like, oh, I can choose to be part of this religion and follow these laws that don't really work because they're nation laws and you're living in a different nation with other nation laws. It doesn't, it doesn't Do you stop. have an example of what you mean? Okay, so, um, for example, you have sacrifices in the Old Testament for sins or whatever other um, causes they have sacrifices for. Those sacrifices are fines because you have a law, you broke the law, you have to make a sacrifice. The sacrifice is based on the kind of level you can afford. So if you can afford a lamb, you sacrifice a lamb. Mm -hmm. If you can't afford that, you might um, sacrifice a bird. If you can't afford that, you sacrifice grain or bread. Because mm -hmm. it's a fine. That's how it worked. If you did commit certain sins, then you'd be punished, some were punishable by death or some you could seek forgiveness for and get a fine. And that's just how the nation worked. That's why the instruction was given to Israel, live right, and get these blessings. And when the other nations see you, then they'll be like, mm, I want some of that. Mm -hmm. I'm going to start living according to this law and adapt it into my land. And that's, that's what happened. But then you have Christianity that rolls around the earth saying, oh, we've got to tell these savages that they're living wrong because our thing is better than theirs and this is the only way to God. When it's like, that doesn't make sense because it's a European concept created out of a lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mix, like a mix of different belief systems, like the Greek system and parts of the Hebrew system so it, it just doesn't so where are you now then so I still believe in the biblical scriptures but only the Torah or the Tanakh so the, only the Old Testament the New Testament to me is not scripture there's too many errors in it too many parts that disagree with the Old Testament or contradict it um, and it's a lot of it is from like a Greek mind or Greek standpoint so you'll see a lot of things that have been introduced that, that the Hebrews never understood because these were never concepts that they had. Like, so for example, um, I'm still looking for where heaven is in the, in the Old Testament because as far as I can see, it isn't there. 
So this dying and go to heaven thing, it doesn't make sense because the Hebrews would have never understood it as far as my studies have gone so far. So that's where I am. Okay. Um, we all saw last year the, the kind of the scandal uh, surrounding SPAC Nation um, in, in, in this country. What I want to know from the three of you who have all been to the church at various times is, is the, the manipulation of a particular group of people who attend the church a new thing? Or is, because as, as I understand it, this, isn't, this is just another type of people who go to the church who have been taken advantage of. It's not a new thing. Is, am I right in suggesting that? I think it's, no, it's not new at all. I think it's been, um, it's been going on since the inception of the Catholic Church, you know, but they're, they're just not as, as, as showy with it. Well, I mean, if you go to the Vatican, they're very showy with it, but obviously over here, you don't, you don't see it. There's, there seems to be more sanctity to it, you know, and, um, and that's, that's where these pastors are getting their influences from. They want to be like the Pope. They want to have that kind of Pope money. Um, but the way, they, the way they go about it is, is, is very different. And um, I think in terms of black people, what, what those churches do, and make, they absolutely, like, they just disgust me. I'm personally of the opinion that um, no pastor should be a millionaire. Absolutely, absolutely not. Why, why is that? Because I just think you're, if, you're, if you're a pastor and you're a millionaire, mm -hmm. then you're not giving enough to, to people who are without. And I, I see that with okay. millionaires in general anyway. I don't think there should be people on, on this planet who have millions and millions of pounds what other people don't have, they don't have absolutely anything. So, but when I, when I, yeah, when I talk about pastors, it's kind of like, you know, and of course what they preach about giving and tithing and all of those things. I was, well, who, who are those pastors tithing to? Mm. Who, who, do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. who's, who's, who's taking their, 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 their collection money? So I don't think, I, yeah, I don't think there should be any pastor who's, who's a millionaire, whether he's made it through his books, public speaking, outside of that at all. If you're, I feel like if you're in the church, because a lot of, what a lot of pastors do as well, they sell their books in the church. They sell their, their tapes in the church or recordings of church sermons and stuff. Which to me is, is, is so bizarre to me. It makes absolutely no sense. Samir, so ask you, Angela, how did your church respond to that particular scandal last year? What was the reaction from people that go to your church in regards to the Nation? We situation? didn't respond to it because it's, it's people. People are... Well, scripture says that the heart of man is desperately wicked. It's people. Things like that are not supposed to be surprising because the church is supposed to be full of imperfect people. So that doesn't mean you let things that are wrong go unchecked, but it means you're not supposed to be shocked when you see people going astray, but you're supposed to know how to correct them and bring them back to the faith. So yes, that was nothing that was out of the ordinary. It's more you, you are your heart goes out to the people that are being affected by it. Um, yeah, the people that are affected by it and the people that have gone wrong in taking their, so the pastors that are manipulating people. But again, prosperity gospel is preached a lot, especially heavily in America, in those black churches. That is something that people run after. I don't think they should do. I don't think that is correct. But again, people abuse positions. You see it in the workplace and you see it in the church. Why? Because the church are the people. You are not... When you come into church, we are the people that create it. Ergo, any faults that I had before I come to the church, I'm still going to carry them in the church. But we're not perfect people. As I said, that doesn't mean we go unchecked or ungoverned, but you're not supposed to be surprised that there are sinners in the church when the church is supposed to be a place where sinners are supposed to be welcome. So when you see people sinning, you're then like, oh my gosh, what's happening? 
Mm. You shouldn't be shocked at that. And off the back of Derek's point of regarding millionaire pastors, I've just come back from Nigeria and the big thing out there are these mega churches. Mm. Mm. Um, what, what's, what's your view on, on, on these churches that some of them are as big as football stadiums? They're, they're, they're huge. And for me, that kind of goes against what Christianity in the church is supposed to be. It's supposed to be about small communities coming together and giving, not these, like I say, football-sized stadiums where money's been, you know, it's been fl floating around the place and there's people that are millionaires. Mm -hmm. what, what's your view on, on mega churches and the, and the principle of churches that expand to that particular size? I mean, inherently, I don't think there's anything wrong with mega churches. It's about where the money goes to. It's about what they're teaching. Ultimately, I heard you say that you were seeking the words and at these big churches, you weren't getting the words. The word is important and community is important. Relationship with people is important. Um, that's what Christ came for. You know, Christ didn't come flashy. You know, he was born in a manger. He rode in on a donkey. He wasn't flashy. He wasn't like that. He was friends with people that would be seen as outcasts of society. So to me, that's what we're supposed to be representing. However, if you are doing a good job and you get promoted, there's nothing wrong with that. So if what you're doing, if the way you are giving the message is attracting people and more people want to come to that, inherently there's nothing wrong with growth. In fact, that's what we want. We want to save souls, we want to reach people. So to be honest, as your church is growing, that is fruits. You know, that's, that's, we'll know them by their fruits. That is fruits of what you're doing, you're doing something well. My issue is, with it, where is the money going? What are you doing? Are you giving back? Are you community-centred? Are you people-centred? Are there people in your church that are going without? Are you helping out? But growth in itself, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Okay, um, Jordan, most people I know who are Christians of my age and are younger, they didn't have a choice in going to the church. Their, their, their families and their parents. And I think maybe, I can't talk for the African culture, but in the Caribbean culture, it's something, churches and religion is something that you just kind of do. Your, your mum and dad go to church, you go to church. There's no, you're not asked, you want to come to church. You've got two kids. Do you feel that children should be asked, do you want to come to church? Or do you think it's something that they should be forced to do until they become of an age where they can decide whether it's, whether it's for them or not? So, obviously, if you believe that Christianity is right, you're going to want to teach your children what you believe is right, because you want to teach children what's right from wrong. So if you're going to church, you can't leave a five-year-old at home by themselves. You're bringing them to church. It's just that simple. They're going to make friends and whatever it is, and they're going to start to listen at some point and decide for themselves whether they think this is right for me or not. That's what's going to happen. Some decide, I'm going to stay because it's maybe sometimes it's what you're used to. But they, they, at some point, they're going to make their own decision. So you're only going to teach, bring your child to something you think is good. Because um, then what are you going to do if, you're, if you don't go to church? Say, well, I'm not going to bring my let my child go to church um, because I don't go to church and are you going to see that as bad? You're not. So you're going to do what you think is right for your child and for you and teach them the way you think to go. Um, Angela, what the, what's the, the best way, 2020 now, what are the best ways in which the church can uh, engage more black people and spread the word that you believe to be the positive word? Are, are there methods and ways in which you feel that Christianity should, should be reaching out to black people this year? I mean, to be fair, social media is a big thing. Uh, in my church, a lot of people find my church through social media. That's how a lot of people um, get into it. Um, another thing is literally just by networking and building relationships. As I said, um, I think especially living in London, it can be a very lonely place. And in 2020, this whole individualism is growing. 
it's very much my truth. You know, my, you know, no one can tell you anything. You know, your truth is your truth these days. This idealistic, individualistic, everybody's living their own life. That's what's taking it away from being community centered. Living in London can be a very lonely place because of things like that. But also I think this whole individualism is why we see, debatable, but why we're seeing a rise in mental health issues. Um, because everybody is individual, so you're not coming out into a community, you're not sharing your problems, you're not talking about things, you are not walking with other people who are also going through those things, or you don't have other people who have been through that to help you out. So I think stripping down this individualism is a way that we can reach out to the community and also providing things, providing a lot more things. I was really sad, the fact that when I was talking about with a few of my friends, youth groups, when we talk about back in the day growing up and going to youth groups and all those things, how so many of them have closed down, how we don't really have youth groups anymore, we don't really have centres anymore. Putting things that directly affect us and impact us, I think is what the church should do. Because as I keep saying, the church are the people. We're not, we're not separate. But why Christianity over some other community? The thing is, I can't speak about the other faiths. There's no, always going to be... Say, you can speak for your faith. Like, this yeah. is the reason why Christianity is the one that you should come to over those, because we are doing this and doing that. You see, but I don't say that. I'm not someone that would sit there and tear down other things. I think there's always going to be more questions than answers. No, but so Christianity... I can tell that. you why this is, why I think this is right, and then you, you decide. No, but Christianity preaches that this is the only way to the salvation that people need. That's, that's, mm -hmm. that's my understanding growing up in church. That's the, only, that's the only way salvation. So whether you're Islam, you're not praying to the same God, whether you're a Hindu, whatever, you're not reaching God. Only one way is the, is the way. So is that the reason why black people should join or is there a different reason? Because I don't see any benefit to the black community as a community to be Christian because it's not for us. It's, it's, it's for Europeans. It was, is there a specific reason that you feel this is the reason why I think black people yeah. should be coming to our religion as opposed to another one? Like, for example, look at the Nation of Islam. It's mm -hmm. for the black community. Whether you think it's good or right, it's for the black community. So you can see, oh, they're fighting for certain things um, to help the black community pro progress. Why should, we, why should they choose Christianity over that? Well, but ultimately, I people. think your faith, which was said earlier, your faith should supersede your race ultimately so because of what we're discussing i'm making what i'm saying specific to black people mm. however i don't think christianity is specifically for black people i think christianity is inclusive so i think that should supersede so in what you're saying with with islam yes there are many benefits where they do target black people yes. however if your faith is centered around your race to me that's a problem but that that was how it was in the Bible, the, the whole nation, that was God, because he, he didn't say I'm choosing a bunch of random people, he said, this nation from this race is who I'm choosing. And, but you are negating the New Testament. Because what, it's not which is scripture. What you said. Nothing, in the, nothing in the Old Testament is, even points to anything in the New Testament at all. The New Testament is part of the Bible, ego it's scripture. Yeah, so, and you're it, negating a whole half of the Bible. It, I, we can go into the reason why, there's, why, it's a, why the New Testament is a problem. Uh, it's, a, it's a whole other discussion. But the New Testament is from a Greek mindset. 
and it has things in there that disagree and contradict the Old Testament. So one of them has to be wrong. And you can't say no, this it is doesn't, scripture from there's God. there's a new covenant. Says who? You are literally just splitting the Bible. In you can look at the Bible and have faults and have questions about the Bible, but if you're splitting it in half, it's like picking doctrines and picking certain scriptures and saying, okay, I'm going to make a doctrine. But that's what Christianity scripture. is. You're supposed to that's look at the point. whole Bible. That's, that's what I've done. That's what I'm, I'm saying, anyway, okay. What I'm saying to you is this. There's problems in the Bible. That's, that's, a, that's a different issue, whether that's mm -hmm. a problem for black people or not. There are no benefits over any other religion for black people to be in Christianity. Let me, let me just wrap up. We've we got to finish now with Derek. Um, a, can Christianity win you back? And B, what has replaced it? What, what for you is it? Where's your safe, safe haven? Where's your, what's your crutch when, when you're going through, when you need inspiration, when you're going through tough times? What's replaced Christianity? Um, win me back, you know, if I'm being honest, I don't think Christianity ever really had me. I think I'm just really trying to be a good person. You know, when, I, when, I'm in, when I'm down, I think about people. I think about human interactions. I think about community and, and those kind of things. And one thing that I do like about the Bible is the character or person of, of Jesus Christ, what he stood for, the things, that he, the things that he said and all of those kind of things. I'm interested in what him dying on, on the cross actually represents mm. you know i don't i don't believe it's dying if i mean it's, it's strange because if it is if he is dying for our sins the way i interpret it is that there are no sins if if he was there to kind of fulfill the old scripture that means that the bible is then irrelevant mm -hmm. because he didn't he didn't create the new mm -hmm. testament people created it after him he didn't instruct that there should be a new testament people just did it off their own accord so jesus dying on the cross to me in in some way does kind of destroy Christianity in a way it, it, it that's what it should represent the, the death of Christianity and the birth of a new humanism where we learn to love each other we learn to communicate and be better people which is what Jesus communicated Jesus was all about love that's 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 what it is do you know what I mean and I think so I think that that gets me through thinking about you know love human interactions and just how I can be a better person how I can decide to be a better person without having to refer to a set of instructions telling me how I should behave because then what do I do if I don't have those instructions anymore brilliant great listen guys cheers for your time thank you very much Derek Angela and Jordan don't forget to subscribe to the channel here Black Academic TV across all of our socials as well get interactive with us let us know what your thoughts are regarding Christianity and black people whether you think it's a religion that we do need now more than ever or if you agree with Jordan in that it's actually dangerous and not for us till next week peace hey it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to Quince I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters sleek leather jackets fine jewelry and so much more with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands and they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, folks. I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues 
your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.